I had for the weekend. It was 32 taquitos I ate over the course of the weekend. Three days? Four days? Two days. Two days. <laughs> yeah, so like 16 taquitos per day. That's a pretty good average. I think the one day I had 24. And then the day I... Well, tostanas as well, but that's Puerto Rican. That's not Mexican. But I ate a lot of food. At least it was fitting food. We had Chipotle. I got Chipotle, Taco Bell, and El Limon all oh, this wow. weekend. I forgot you had El Limon last night. I did. So you went from Taco Bell, which is Americanized McDonald's of, mm-hmm. you know, Mexican food, to Chipotle, which is like the five guys, maybe, of Mexican food, would you say? It's still considered fast food, but it's way different than other fast food. Yeah, but like, isn't five guys fast food too, technically? Mmm... I'd say that's more, I guess you could categorize both Chipotle and Five Guys as like premium fast food. Yeah, but then you had El Limon, which is a small chain of, you know, just traditional Mexican Traditional food. Mexican, yeah. yeah. I was a little jealous of that yesterday when you got it, honestly. You and Aaron both had it. Yeah. I was like, damn, dude, that looks really freaking good right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was really just my fault for not having dinner in, no, in house. That's all right. It was still, it was okay. still good fun. So we are now on episode eight of Basement Breaks here. Episode eight, and we have Foster. I'm joined by Foster. I'm Steven, as always. Uh, we just back. got done with the Mexican Grand Prix, which was an interesting weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we had friends over, but we're, we'll get into that maybe a little bit later. Maybe we should start with um, not having a sprint weekend, which was kind of nice. Yeah. I, at the beginning, I was a huge sprint race hater. Yeah. As talking about the beginning of this season. Yep. I didn't really get it. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it more now. I still think I don't prefer sprint race weekends. Mm-hmm. I prefer having more practice and qualifying on Saturday. Yeah. Qualifying on Friday is kind of a killjoy for seeing it the next time on race Sunday. Mm-hmm. So it's not bad, but it's a lot. It was kind of relief. Yes. Not having two different races to jung- uh, juggle. Yeah. Like what happened where and yeah. when. It's like, By the time you recover after like a yeah. long weekend, it's like Monday, Tuesday, you're still remembering the last race. And then, oh, yeah. wow, Thursday, getting ready for a weekend warm up into the next, into, into Mexico, which was. I think tough for both of us. Yeah. Um, I think one one thought that I had on sprint weekends um, was if you're going to do it, don't do it leading into a triple header. Yes. This is back-to-back-to-back weekends, and you lead it off with a sprint. Um, it's almost like you have four races. All right, you do have four races in, in three weeks, really. Yeah. And I, I think, I don't know, I can't imagine what it's like for the drivers, but, you know, for the fans, you know, I consume a lot of Formula One content, and I fell behind because it wasn't just three races in a row. It was a sprint and then three. three we're, on, we're only on the second race, and I'm, I feel caught up now. Yeah. But last week was a struggle, I think, for both of us, really. Yeah, I think it's really 
just uh I think they could do better because sprints are so early. I think that they might figure it out mm-hmm. a little bit more as sprints are more a part of the entire circuit of the year. Do reverse grid. Screw it. That would be fun. Yeah. Lance Stroll and Logan Sargent P1, P2 from the start. I think the hypothetical of a reverse grid is a really good idea, except for the single fact that as soon as you, like, like sandbag, mm-hmm. is like an immediate way to get around reverse grid. Would oh Like, so- purposefully not doing well to then make your qualifying better. I see what you're saying. Oh, like, yeah. There's no, mo- a- there's no motivation to get a fast lap in yeah. qualifying when if you get knocked out, if they even, they wouldn't even probably do qualifying. Yeah, I was going to say, what if you skip the, 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 the shootout altogether and instead you just start reverse from the points? Reverse from driver standings. Yes. At that point in the year. Mm-hmm. I guess that would emit the immediate sandbagging because you're already so motivated to keep constantly getting points throughout the year. Mm -hmm. So I think that if you did reverse grid, you would have to base it on year standings and not recent like qualifying. And that way you could also give them two practice sessions and then a sprint race and then quali or no, I I guess you'd still have to do quali after the first practice. I don't know. That would get really hairy. They would have to plan it, but having more than one free practice, if they could figure that out with a sprint weekend, would be significantly better. I agree. So yeah, I, I do like that. You know, there's only really two strategies that every car uses. Yeah, um, one's definitely going to be more right than the other. Um, but then you have you know car differential as well. So yeah, you know if 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 say a Ferrari gets the strategy wrong, but say an Alpine gets a strategy right, all of a sudden they're going to be fighting for you know the same points. Yeah, which I think kind of makes it exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, but o- overall, I just think the quality system and the whole weekend is just too much in your face. Um, I'm sure if you're there at the event, it's probably incredible. Yeah, but if you're watching on TV, it's like, oh shoot, I got to get off work on time so I can qu- catch the the shootout, and then tomorrow I have to plan my whole day around this race because I can't just watch you know quality highlights at that point. I I, yeah. I I'm here to watch the race live. Um, I feel myself stressing out about it, and we don't even have a sprint this weekend coming up, so. Yeah, last point I brought up in a previous episode, but I do think that as a new fan, having a little bite-sized race <laughs> would be nice to be able to like not have to commit an entire section of your day yeah. and to like know everything that's going on. 45 minutes versus two hours. Yeah. 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 So. So. Well, anyway. You want to get into uh, this past weekend a little bit now that we... Kind of covered covered uh, the sprint. Uh, yeah. We should maybe talk about qualifying first. I, I think, you know, free practices were fun yeah. to watch for us. I was, you know, I just was hyped because Williams yeah. was driving out of their minds. Yeah. Um, and then I had Albon to... Albon was on podium FP1 and FP3 of, yeah. of, you know, podium of practice. Yeah, yeah. Top three fastest I, I know time. it was two. I, but I was just, you know, swallowing the pill of, oh, my God, Williams is going to get fifth place this weekend i'm so yeah. excited yeah um but qualifying happened and you know q1 was right off the bat pretty interesting because yep. i don't really remember if, if if lando had a poor lap or if he set a lap time he made a single mistake in the like 12 through 15 section okay and gave up on his lap poor soul 
Yes. Yeah, stadium section. Yes. Yep. I think that was that or like the section before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so he bailed on his fastest lap, which was right at the end of Q1. Mm-hmm. And then Alonso in a not that difficult section mm-hmm. just made a dumb mistake and spun out. Too much curb. That's and what it looked like to me. Yeah. I don't I don't remember exactly seeing before it happened. Mm-hmm. My immediate analysis was like looking at everything else mm-hmm. once I knew that that was going to cause a yellow and flag. And seeing how many people had screwed over. Yeah. And <laughs> I even today, today's Monday, mm-hmm. uh, saw a clip of Lando's perspective of that happening. Yeah. And uh, his race engineer was like, Keep going, keep going, keep going. Yep. And he's like, no, nah, it's going to be, it's a yellow flag. Yeah, like, I'm yeah. not going to be able to finish it. Meanwhile, Logan Sargent was driving full freaking speed. He passes Alonzo <laughs> facing the other way. I saw that clip. Yeah. I was like, yep, yep, America. Let's freaking go, man. Yeah, passing under. Uh, I guess it doesn't really matter when you're already qualifying P19 or P20 yeah. to get a 10 grid penalty. So yeah. He did... put in a good race. We'll get into that later. But, yeah. you know, that was a little scary to see someone go full speed while yeah. someone's faced the wrong way. Right out off right outside the track limits yeah like right where cars would go around feet apart from each other yeah yeah, that's scary um so yeah lando got screwed over real bad i uh, we have the qualifying results up it's kind of weird because it says he qualified 19th i think we both are under the impression he was around 17th so they have uh qualifying results grid placement and race Mm. and i pulled up qualifying results and race results okay but the grid is technically there can be changes between qualifying and grid results based on penalties and laps deleted and things like that. Gotcha, gotcha. Lando definitely, especially because it says plus 12 on his race result. Yeah. He started at the grid P17. Mm -hmm. Says he qualified at 19. Oh, Um, you know what? Lance started from the pits. I remember that. Yeah, who was above him. And then... I forget what else happened there. Someone else moved him up. But anyway, mm-hmm. Alonso going off caused Lando, because Lando made a mistake, the yellow flag after Alonso spun off caused, prevented Lando from putting in another fast lap, which put him at P17. Mm-hmm. So that was a little bit frustrating as a McLaren fan. Yeah. But mainly because it was a dumb area to spin and go off. It wasn't even yeah. like a hard, tight section that everyone keeps failing. It yep. was just like driving normally and happened to lose traction after a curb like you said yeah that's so, so. unfortunate I, I have to say i was shocked by ferrari you know i, I forget yeah. them to just not do well this weekend i i'm very aware of their one lap pace mm-hmm. um but you know every race i i feel like i see them just you know tumble down the order i think mm-hmm. i said this essentially last week um but it was kind of cool because this is the first weekend that we used um multi-view um which I don't, I don't know their affiliation with formula one you might know a little bit more than me um so uh, multi-viewer is like a third-party company that runs free software mm-hmm. that then works with F1 and other uh, like streaming of different... I don't know what the other things that they it's collab like sports with. sports or esports or like yeah. things like that that you would want two monitors to watch. It's essentially F1 agrees to share data with them mm-hmm. in order to them to create a more advanced viewing experience for the addicts. Yes. <laughs> and it requires 
I mean, if you're using a computer, you don't need multiple monitors per se. You can just div divide. It's really cool because it gives you windows to be able to like customize a setup. Mm -hmm. But for us, we watch on a living room TV and we've always watched on F1 TV, mm -hmm. which is great. The, oh, yeah. The, the, the stream and the content and the editing and the camera shots of F1 TV are great by itself. I agree. But the ability to have the live timing is what they call it mm -hmm. for watching qualifying. Now, caveat, you essentially have to be watching live for it to work. Yes. Which we didn't get to do on Sunday for the race. Mm -hmm. But for qualifying. That was fun. It was super cool. Oh, yeah. Because normally the most information that you have for qualifying is at the end of the sector. It reveals whether it's purple, green, or yellow based on timing mm -hmm. improvement or not improvement. But with multi-viewer, it tells you, it divides each sector into like 10 subsectors. Mm -hmm. I think it's like per turn probably mm. within each sector. You can see individual subsector performances. So you, you'll see a driver go through and get green, green, purple green green purple and it just notes like, like oh. oh that was a good exit or, yeah. or or that was a really bad entry into that yeah. turn and that really messed them up and if they're not on the screen you can still see how they're performing actively mm -hmm. compared to everyone else at the same time yep and you don't have to wait until the end of the sector to figure out how good it was yep you can literally see the how good the lap is going for each driver yeah live at the exact same time that they're doing everything so for qualifying Super entertaining. I found myself wanting the camera. I was like pretending to be producer. Right? I was like, just mm -hmm. cut to, you know, yeah. cut to Leclerc, cut to Verstappen. Like it's clear they're putting in laps. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was pretty, that was really fun to watch. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We highly recommend if you have the ability to try out F1 multi-viewer, if mm -hmm. you're a super nerd and you want to be able to get extra information while you're watching the race. Definitely. Definitely agree with that. Um. So yeah, this weekend I, we had a couple friends over. That was kind of cool. I think so. We've had friends in the past mm -hmm. come watch, you know, sprint race or an actual race. Um, but you know, this is a Mexican Grand Prix. My friend Andrea, she's Mexican. That was really fun to have her over. Um, kind of, you know, I think when you watch with people, mm -hmm. it just makes it more fun. You know, more yeah. people root for different teams. Obviously, we root for different teams, but we don't want to see each other's teams do poor. We don't want any team to do poorly, but yeah, we want our teams to do a little bit better. Obviously. Mm -hmm. um, and and just getting that like different like knowledge base as well. You know, people just learn from each other when you yeah. talk about, you know, Formula One stuff with each other, which I think is fun. Yeah. And we're on such a spread out amount of experience. Mm -hmm. Um, we had people that have been watching for more than ten years. Yeah. And yep. people have been watching for the first season. Yep. And people that were watching for their like second fourth, race, fourth or fifth race even. Yep. Yep. Um, and that's also like those People that are newer don't watch all of the F1 weekend content. Mm -hmm. It's mainly just races, but the combination of being able to bounce ideas on current strategy off with you, yep. where like you know more, but then to also have something come up and then explain it to a newer person. And then, you know, that whole dynamic is just makes it more like social and entertaining. I it agree. is a little bit more distracting. Yes. I feel like I can't capture as much when I'm like fully focused, mm -hmm. but 
it was definitely a fun way to watch the race. Oh yeah, yeah, we had fun, fun. We had drinks. I think you guys got some food. Um, just good fun. We had dogs running around. That was that was fun. They got tired out before the race, which was kind of nice. Yeah, luckily we watched some NFL football. The tire them out. Yeah, tire out the dogs, and then they were sleeping by the race. Yep. So I guess we should talk about the race now. Um, (laughs) how do I begin this? Um, we didn't watch it live. Just barely after live. Just barely after live, but obviously something very significant happened on the first turn, which, how do I, how do I get into this without being as angry yesterday as I was? Um, okay, so Ferrari started off first and second. Um, yeah. It also felt like the drivers were maybe taking a nap um, when the mm-hmm. red lights dropped because their reaction times weren't too great. Um, I think both Red Bulls and Ricardo had excellent starts mm-hmm. and all but passed both of the Ferraris. Um, you know, Max passed both of the Ferraris. Checo came from P5 and had a little bit more work to do. Yep. Going into that turn one, you go three wide, Verstappen, Leclerc, Perez on the outside. Yep. I would say, you know, Perez took the move because he was quicker. I think he was expecting Leclerc to break earlier just based off of the line that was, you know, given to him. Mm-hmm. Either Leclerc was going wide if Checo wasn't there and he was going to lose like three more spots. Um, or something really significant was going to happen. Um, or yeah, so I guess Checo was there. So Mm -hmm. he, he, you know, I guess he could do whatever he wants. Right. But I think the right move would have been to bail out in that position. But regardless, you know, Checo was knocked out of his home Grand Prix in the first lap. Yeah. The first turn of the first lap at that matter. Yep. Um, and that hurt to watch. Yeah. It was, uh, also disappointing because it's tough to be watching with fans of like other people that you're not a fan of yeah. and it's like well that is that would if if you know lando gets knocked out p p1 or not p1 turn one mm-hmm. you know it's going to be a really disappointing way to start the race yeah so it's kind of hard to like I mean, everyone's drivers aren't going to always be doing the best, but it's tough when you have other people that are, like, rooting for someone like that. Yeah. And then something unfortunate happens. And also, like, you know, every time Leclerc crashes in Monaco, because it's happened a couple years now, or, you know, car fails or pit crew leaves him to dry, Yep. you know, I feel very bad for him. And yeah. I kind of had that same feeling of, like, that that blows. You know, you do so much to get yeah. to the position that you're in. And next to winning, you know, a championship and winning a race, mm-hmm. I would say winning your home Grand Prix is probably above winning any other race on the calendar with the exception of maybe maybe Monaco, right? Maybe some drivers hold Monaco to a higher standard. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he looked quick in all of the practice sessions. Mm-hmm. He looked quick enough in qualifying where you just kind of assume that Ferrari's going to finish, you know, fifth and sixth anyway. So yeah. Checo's probably going to get a podium with that. Yeah, starting grid. Yeah, um, it, 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 I, I felt very hungry after that, and I, I you know, just very. I, I don't want to say disappointed in any driver, but the situation sucked. Yeah, um, I think this is really similar to the situation with, uh, Hulkenberg, Akon, and and Checo, Checo, and Qatar. In was it Qatar? I think it was Qatar. Yeah, um. 
Yeah, where it's like when you have three cards, you have that whole extra element of diff- three different expectations of who's going to give who space yep. and who's going to bail out and give up. Mm-hmm. Who's, you know, who has their wheels further front yep. in order to do that. And it just, it's especially at the, with how hectic the beginning of the race is, mm-hmm. with how important it is to get good positioning early. Mm-hmm. Well, how beneficial it can be to get good positioning early. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot less of a chance that you give up a position at the beginning than if you were on lap 30 and someone has DRS and they're going around you, you're mm-hmm. going to bail out much easier yeah. than you are turn one trying to get, you know, third, be in third position going around the first 10 laps mm-hmm. rather than, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh. So there's a lot more risk, I think, earlier in the race. And I think that that didn't help contribute to the actions of what happened. I very much agree. Um, you know, um, going past that, I don't want to lament on that too long. Yeah. I feel like I've, I've, I've thought about it enough and was just sad enough all day. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, I've said it. It's off my chest. Yeah. Moving on. Lando carved the entire field over yeah. 71 laps. 12 places made up from 17th to 5th. And at the end, I heard his race engineer say, this was probably the best race you've had. Even though he got P5, wasn't a podium. No. That's a lot of positions to make up. I was, it is. It was very impressive. Mm -hmm. I, in qualifying on Saturday, I was disappointed really quickly when I realized the weight of Alonso's spin. Mm -hmm. But then... Almost immediately, I almost got excited because I knew that his car and Lando was going to have so much pace yeah. based on whatever everything I've seen. It's like playing a video practices. game on easy. Yeah, yeah. Because I was looking at all the drivers from, you know, P sixteen mm-hmm. qualifying P sixteen to six. Mm-hmm. I was like, he's going to be battling with all of those people. Yeah, yeah. So that was. Uh, even though it was an unfortunate situation for him to qualify so low. Mm -hmm. And I think it would be worse if McLaren was, for example, in competition for uh, drivers championship. Oh yeah. That would have been championship. That would have been detrimental and I would have been more disappointed. But at this point, it's really just get as many points as you can and try to not make massive mistakes from now until the end. So with that being already, the championship already being figured out, it wasn't the worst, and being able to watch him do all of that during mm-hmm. the race. Yep. Whereas some other races where he's gotten a podium, mm-hmm. he starts at the top, and it's just kind of an endurance race, and there's not really much that happens. Mm-hmm. Having the to force him, just like when Max, you know, would qualify P14 randomly, he would just rip through the whole field. That's like entertaining racing to watch him. Yeah, interact yeah. with that many people. Yeah. So. That was kind of a cool element of the race. Yeah, yeah. I think that was really fun to watch. I don't think he got as much airtime as maybe he deserved. Yeah. I think I really maybe only saw three or four overtakes the entire time. Yeah. But you could see, you know, you, I mean, they had a fun strategy to start. They started on softs. Yeah. Um, which you saw that and you're like, oh, wow, that's he's gunning right from the start. Yeah. And yeah, I think he carved, pitted, carved, pitted. You know, I think yeah. maybe some incidents might have helped him a little bit. I don't know yeah. how that worked into his strategy. But um overall great race from 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 lando mm-hmm. um and that was that was fun to, to to watch for sure um let's see here so we also have um 
some words I need to eat a little bit here. I don't know how much I said it on maybe the podcast on previous episodes, um, but I feel like I've been telling you that I just have this opinion of Danny Ricardo being completely washed, especially watching his first stint back to Alpha Tori. Um, and then when he broke his hand, you know, it's, it's, I, I equate it, you know, maybe a little too similarly with other sports, but if, if you have someone that is, you know, older in their career or, you know, that they're not going to have 10 years left, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, and they get a serious injury outside of their prime, outside of their prime. Yeah. And they get a serious injury almost instantly. You think, is it time to hang it up? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of way, maybe why I went aggressive on saying that because you know liam was doing well yuki was doing well um i thought the car was improving um so for my opinion get the two young drivers build the car next year get more points get a higher position in the constructors championship mm-hmm. but then he qualified p4 did in in a tractor alpha tractor <laughs> which i stole that joke from you but i thought it was funny so i yeah. felt like bringing it up in an alpha tractor he qualified p4 <laughs> um I didn't. Ex- I don't know what I expected, but it wasn't that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look at the. It was crazy to watch him doing so well during qualifying, mm-hmm. but look at the qualifying single lap pace result mm-hmm. of both Ferrari and AlphaTauri, mm-hmm. and then where they ended up during the race. Yeah. Like, it, it, I don't know if it's across the board. See, I can't really like. I don't have trends under my belt yet to be able to analyze okay, this is a thing in just this situation mm-hmm. or this is across multiple, you know, this is this track every year. Mm-hmm. Um, but the single lap pace for qualifying did not necessarily align with race pace like at all. For so this. he was tumbling down. Yeah. And that's like, why. Like quali- okay. Yeah, like Ferrari and him like qualified extremely well mm-hmm. and their single lap qualifying pace was great Mm -hmm. but then during the race like it wasn't that impressive same thing with ferrari yeah yeah. like they were able to obviously hold it out and stay at towards the front yeah their you know general performance Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like that he was walking around max verstappen randomly yeah yeah so yeah you're right about that yeah but it was exciting to watch him essentially finally do well Mm -hmm. for the first time in who knows how long? Yeah, I'm half, I'm half a season, pretty much. Yeah, I would say a season and a half at that point because I don't think his True. last season at McLaren was anything to be happy about. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I am very happy for him. Um, it, it's it's you know more excitement to the grid because he is that personality that kind of you know will bring out other personalities in the grid a little bit. Yeah. Um, you kind of miss that a little bit. Um, but I'm excited to see what that turns into. Um, I'm. I don't know what that looks at for, you know, his future with Avatori or, mm-hmm. or Red Bull or if other teams are now looking at him. Um, I, I have no idea. But, you know, Daniel Ricciardo is now in control of his own future. Um, you know, if he has another race or two like that, first off, I'm sweating as a Williams fan because they just chopped that lead in half. Yeah. Because now they have two drivers that can score points. And Alex Albon's been putting the team on his back for, for yeah. 20 races at this point. Um uh, we'll see, you know. Yeah. Uh, we, I, I, I still think that Interlagos could be questionable, but I, I really do think that Williams has, you know, enough in Vegas that, that they should ideally perform a little bit better, at least how I see the car. Maybe other people see it differently, but yeah. we'll get there when we get there. Um, but, yeah, Danny Rick, he's back. Yeah, I think you're 
pretty spot on with your initial skepticism at his performance, like getting back in the car mm-hmm. and then getting injured mm-hmm. and expecting anything out of that. Yeah. Like you're, you're asking too much. Yeah. Like your expectations are too high. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes sense to sort of use their Red Bull second team to sort of experiment because obviously their main team is murdering right now. Yep. And they sort of have that wiggle room to be making experimental decisions almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, good for him doing well. Mm-hmm. He was really happy. It was cool to see him. So big smile. It was a staunch difference from our friend Yuki, who um, yeah. unfortunately got a little too aggressive against a slower Piastri. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in the points. Um, I don't really know where Piastri finished eighth. I, I want to say this was a fight for seventh place at the time. This um, was a fight for seventh place on lap 49. Oh, okay, perfect. Because yeah. I know that Lando hadn't passed Piastri at that point when Not Yuki yet. made that move. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it was like three laps in a row that it felt like Yuki was just attacking Oscar over and over and over again. And I think Oscar just had too much DRS pace on that first... Um, I think it was turn one, actually. Now I think about it. I, you know, maybe don't quote me on that, but I want to say that this occurred on turn one where Yuki turned in oh, a little bit too hard. Yes. But at the same time, he was so much quicker that I, I assume he just got frustrated, especially with Dan. He doesn't know what Daniel's doing. Maybe he's asking his race engineer, but Daniel's coming down. Yuki's working his way up. They're going to meet somewhere in the middle, but I'm sure Yuki's frustrated because, you know, I, I don't really remember what happened to him in qualifying. Um, uh, I feel like I should know what happened to him in qualifying, but, um, I mean, he was knocked out. Yeah. He was knocked out at the bottom of Q2. Either way, there's, you know, you have a seventh or eight place difference between you and your teammate. Yeah. You're motivated to catch him to, you know, yeah. show, hey, I'm I'm here too. You know, I can still do this. Um, I will say today I looked back into this because I didn't want my McLaren bias to cloud my judgment. Mm-hmm. I wanted to fully look at it from a unbiased perspective Mm -hmm. and just sort of learn you know reflect on it and learn from it as like an f1 fan Mm -hmm. um so yuki initially didn't speak on it Mm -hmm. because he said that he spoke enough following Mm -hmm. the incident which he did if you watched it live he's obviously very frustrated yeah uh piastri essentially equated it to just racing hard racing Mm -hmm. is what he called it and that he also was not expecting him to turn in like he did Mm -hmm. i also rewatched the video and piastri was not pushing for a hard inside line Mm -hmm. which i think yuki might have been expecting him to do maybe he didn't know that yuki was on his outside planning to overtake exactly there is that what you're kind of getting at piastri was not taking like a hard sharp apex into this into the down into the you know close part of the turn Mm -hmm. and i think yuki was expecting him to also start to turn in Mm -hmm. but with yuki already being higher length in front of him Mm -hmm. just started moving into the turn and at that point piastri was stagnant Mm -hmm. he was still going straight Mm -hmm. so yuki sort of just turned into him Mm -hmm. um but Yuki did say after the fact mm-hmm. that he was feeling a ton of pressure 
to pass him at that instance. Mm-hmm. Like you said prior, he had been trying to get around him with DRS, yeah. three zones of DRS for three laps. Yep. And that's going to do a whole lot of mental. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know. Happens to me in the game, and then I end up yeah. crashing yeah. by myself. I don't even touch the other driver. I just hit the wall. <laughs> <laughs> but on top of the constant, uh, you know, a failed attempts, I'll mm. say, uh, he felt very pressured because he recognized that his tire life was out the window. Oh. So he was like, I need to do this now while I still have grip. Yeah. So that was sort of also forcing him. That's interesting. Anytime you have like over and over and over failed attempts and pressure that your tires are going to start giving up. Yeah. I think he felt like he needed to just go for it. Yep. And there was a lot of pressure on that decision versus just like if it was less of a, less riding on it mm-hmm. it probably he could have waited it out yeah he probably would have been a little bit more patient mm-hmm. but i don't think he thought that he had room to be patient anymore interesting which is sort of his you know not motivation but the reasoning behind it from his end i think in hindsight those perspectives are always so interesting because in yeah. the heat of the moment i was extremely pissed at piastri yeah because from the tv you know watching the broadcast i yeah. know that yuki was attacking him lap after lap after lap Finally, he gets a good run on him. Yeah. And Piastri, from my perspective, decided not to turn. And it, yeah, from the third person, it just literally looks like Piastri just keeps going yeah. constant speed and Yuki bumps and then spins out yep. ridiculously. So, like, it looks maybe worse not, than it was. Yeah. It looks worse on Piastri than it probably was in general, looking at the entire perspective. So, overall, racing incident, but that completely shot any of Yuki's chances for, you know, yeah, uh, uh, points at that point because I think he had to pit right after that. Yeah, um, I think he had damage of some sort, um, but that was sad to see. You know, I, I really think he deserved points that weekend. Yeah, and that's coming from a Williams fan who really doesn't want him to score points right yeah. now. Um, I think he should have been up there. Um, Piastri also didn't have a ton of pace this whole weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, similar to last weekend, Coda. Yeah, yeah. So like he already wasn't necessarily. I think he still could have. Uh, like he did, even if that didn't happen, I still think Piastri and Yuki could have gotten both in the points. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's different that like Piastri didn't go on to get P two. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, I I agree with what you're saying. It wasn't yeah. like a huge sacrifice of point. He got four points. Yeah, right. Was it four? Yeah. And so. I think based on, you know, I think Yuki was doing really well, and I think Piastri wasn't doing so well. So they were kind of on almost like an even playing field. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily exactly even, but much more even than other tracks that we've seen so far. I agree. Yeah. So. yeah. Um, but overall, I think that was, you know, very, it was an interesting weekend, I would say. It started out not so great, but we got yeah. some good racing action at, during the race itself. So as a, I always bring it back to this because it's my first time every time mm-hmm. that we see a new track. And I think Mexico as a track is really cool. I would love to go there someday. Oh, yeah. But also sitting there. Yeah. And, oh, my the God. The stadium. They have, and... like, tables where you can just munch on food while you're eating. Yeah. Dude, I would sit there with a margarita and some tacos and just watch cars zip by at, I guess, probably, like, 100 or so. But <laughs> yeah. not too quick. But the, quick. Fan, the fans in Mexico, I know they talked about it a lot oh. at the beginning, but they're so passionate. Oh, yes. That, one, that was cool to see from the tv mm-hmm. but i think being there when you're in an environment mm-hmm. where everyone's getting hype around you i'm sure they're nice people too oh yeah 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 but like it would be i would i think both of us would have a lot of fun 
going there and seeing a race in person. I agree. That it's it's a goal. Ultimately, the podium was Verstappen. Uh, started P three, got P one. Yep. Uh, Hamilton started P five, got P two. Um, Leclerc dropped back two spots from pole position, but still secured a podium at P3. He got booed at the end. That was unfortunate. I, I could tell, you know, he, he has no malice towards Checo. I don't think that he wanted no. to crash into him. But seeing him get booed was, you know, it's the emotion of the fans. Obviously, something's going to happen, but we yeah. moved past that. Yeah. Um, but I thought that's a pretty solid podium. It was nowhere near what I guessed, but pretty solid. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I got Max winning right, which... I said he DNF, and then I jinxed Checo, unfortunately. So yeah. I'll take the blame. Yeah, Mexico that's all... City, if you're watching this, I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, all your fault. Yeah. But, uh... Ten million people just angry at me now. <laughs> without uh, overly talking about Max, mm -hmm. I do think that it is worth mentioning. It would be a disservice to not mention it. He's won... He broke his previous record for most wins in a single season. With three races left. With three races left. And he current last year he had fifteen wins. Mm -hmm. Just hit sixteen wow. wins. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. And the potential for three more. That's crazy. But also he's now tied for fourth with most wins. Prost? Alan Prost. That's what I thought. Yeah. Fifty one wins yep. each. That's crazy. The next is uh there's one there's one other person above him. I'm forgetting. Is it Seb? Sebastian Vettel has fifty three wins. Okay. Then it's Schumacher with ninety three. Okay. And then it's Lewis, Lewis Hamilton with one oh one or one oh three. One hundred something. One oh something. Yeah. Yeah. So also <laughs> uh sixteen wins in a single season is the exact number of wins that Jensen Button has in his entire career. So that's not like shitting on Jensen Button, but it's interesting to compare F1 drivers and their success mm -hmm. in careers that someone was able to get that across multiple years of racing when you haven't done it in a single season. It's like to be an F1 champion, a Formula 1 champion, you have to be great. Yeah. A great driver and you have to have a great team around you. Yeah. And Jensen Button is a great driver, was a great driver, right? Yeah. I don't want to say is, was, whatever. He, yeah. Won a championship, so he's in that boat of, yeah. of you know goats. Yeah. But then you have Max, who did it in a season, mm -hmm. and then you realize not only is he great, but we're in the midst of some sort of dynasty right now. And oh, yeah. you know, I I wasn't watching. I uh, at the tail end of of Lewis, obviously, is is right when I got into it. Yeah. Um. So I didn't know what that was going to look like, but yeah. then I kind of take a step back and I'm like, oh wait, you know, of the you know. 40, 30, whatever, how many races I've watched. Yeah. Max has won, you know, 85, 88% of them at this point, which is a little crazy to think about. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, great for him. As long as he can do it, keep doing it. Yeah. And then at the end of that, I will there's, say I watched greatness. Yep. And if then, it ends tomorrow, it ends tomorrow. Yeah. And there's going to be another person that comes and does it. Yep. Yep. Um, so upcoming week, we have Interlagos in Brazil. Mm -hmm. um, I'm excited about that. You have some Brazilian people that you work with, know of, and yeah. that's kind of cool. I don't know anything about Brazil other than um, they have cool sauces and speak not Spanish there. Uh, yeah, my uh, one of my bosses is from Brazil. Yes. And so she shared a bunch of different Brazilian food, Ooh. and it's all so good. Is it? Uh, yeah. I couldn't live in Brazil. The food's too oh, good. There's a restaurant around here that serves anything, not like... A steakhouse, because I know that the steakhouses are popular, but like... There's a cafe Ooh. 
in Malvern, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. that has like bakery stuff, desserts. Okay. And like also like savory stuff. Yeah. So maybe we could get some stuff for check it out. Yeah. That for quality or something. So like I won't be here for the raids because I'm going to the city. Uh, yeah. Um, I might be able to watch on my phone at the very least, mm-hmm. so I can at least have perspective like yeah. right away. Well, we'll, we'll have to see about recording too, because if I get back at like nine thirty or ten, we might still be able to do it all Sunday release on Monday. But you'll be around for qualifying. Yes, I yeah. will be. Yep. So that'll be good. That'll be fun. Yeah. Enter Lagos, and we'll have the race preview. Um, recording that Thursday. Yeah, probably um, be up Friday. Be up Friday. That's exciting. Yeah, I don't really know anything about the track, and I don't remember. We'll get some good track facts. Stuff about it. Do the yeah, sim. I'm interested in, yeah. Yeah. I'd love to set that up. Windy. That's all you need is windy. 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 Do you know how long it is? Like, how many laps they're going to be um, running? I think it's a Because sh- this one was short. The Not a short race, but short track. To, we were running 71 laps, which is, I feel like, a pretty good change. I feel like it's been around the 50 lap mark. So, 50 to 60. While I'm looking at this, yeah. Um, I don't know if this is OE. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be hard for me to. So, it's definitely shorter time wise. Yeah. We can save a lot of the details for next episode. That's true. We talk about it mainly. So, I think quality time around um, 117s was for oh, Mexico. Okay. Yeah. Now, it's saying that the lap record for Interlagos is a 10 10. But that was in 2018, so before the new generation of cars. Oh. So that was sent by Valtteri. I want to guess, maybe we'll go around 114. I, I don't know. It's going to hmm. be somewhere between 110 and 120. So, shorter. Shorter, yeah. I would I would just hmm. assume it's shorter. So um, even more laps, probably. About Maybe the same. I um, guess it really depends on, because like Mexico, shorter track, mm-hmm. but like really fast, long sections. Yes. So like that makes a huge difference with, the turns and straights make a big difference in the total lap time yeah. versus distance. Yeah, ultimately, again, comes yeah. to distance, not necessarily time. You're right. Yeah. yeah so, but well, if we'll it's s- windy, then it should be relatively slow. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. But yeah, it'll be a fun weekend. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, but we appreciate you tuning in uh, anywhere from YouTube to Spotify. Yeah. If you made it this far, drop a like, drop a comment, rate it five stars. Anything's appreciated. Yeah. Really enjoy doing this. We're having yeah. a great time. Got to episode eight now, episode nine coming up, and then we're hitting double digits, Foster. Yes. Which is crazy. Yeah. That's really exciting. I can't believe we made it this far. Just an idea. But yeah. in any event, appreciate you watching. Thank yeah. you so much as always, and uh, catch you Friday. Catch you in the next one. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.